All right. Um, good morning, everybody. Are you well? All right. Uh, 16 minutes. Why do I have 16 minutes on the clock? Is that all I have? There's no way. All right. Um, my wife is not with us this morning. Uh, I, don't, I don't walk alone. Uh, she had to go to work. Uh, this week they have a busy, busy week at work and she had to go and prepare for, for this coming week. So she sends a love and a greetings. And um, uh, yeah, so let's uh, just know that she's fine. She's well. Everything is good. We are not fighting. Uh, everything, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when you're fighting, the wife says, I'm not even going to church. Yeah, you go alone. No, 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 we're not fighting. You can call her after the service and just double check. Um, all right, so we are <clears throat> in our second week of our series titled, uh, uh, What is this? Uh, you can, my brother, you can just hold on for me. I'm coming to you. Just sit there. Uh, we are on our second week uh, titled, uh, uh, gifts and uh, last week we started with our first part of it was supposed to be just one sermon but now due to technical matters uh, we ended up having to split it into two into two sections and today we are talking about a uh, unwrap it it's unwrap it uh, uh, number number two Romans 12 verses 4 it says in a human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so is the body of Christ. For though we are many, we all have been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we, all, we are all vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the other. God, God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. So, if one has been given the grace gift of prophecy, activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have, you have to prophesy. If, if your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you, pros may you prosper in your generosity without, in, without, without fanfare. If you have a gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have a gift of showing compassion, then flourish in, in your cheerful display of compassion. So, so the, the Romans 12 kind of gives us a breakdown of the gifts of, of the spirit that we find in scripture. And some of them you also find in uh, Corinthians 12, and uh, from verses 8 going down, and it talks about the gift of prophecy, the gift of teaching, the gift of uh, generosity, the gift of mercy, the gift of administration, the gift of, uh, uh, what am I forgetting? I'm forgetting something. Yeah. Of exhortation, the gift of exhortation, and, and all those things. When you come to Wednesday session, you'll be able to get a list of all those gifts. And the question is, how do we then tap into this gift? What, what do we need to do to be able to be proficient in this gift? Because everyone has been given this gift. And the Bible in First Corinthians, in one in First Corinthians 12, it says we have all been given this gift for the benefit of the common. Of the common group so the benefit of this gift is not for you the benefit of this gift is for everyone and we want to ask the question tonight to this morning to say how do we come to the point where we are tapping into this gift using them so that the world around us can benefit from them god wants to change the world and the way in which he's going to change this world is by using me and you. We are called. So God has a plan. And his plan is to change the world for the better. To make the world a great place. And he has decided that man, myself and you are going to be an instrument that he's going to use to change that world. I'm ready to change the world. When I was in grade 9, I think I told you already. I said to friends of mine, I said, you know what, one day I will speak and the world would listen, right? 
So you are the world for now. <laughs> you, are, you are my world. What? And, and, and we, need to, we need to be, we need to see ourselves as an instrument in the arms of God with which he wants to change the world. Christ came to die for us to deliver us from dead works. Why? So that we may walk in the good works that we were created, created for. Right? And the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us to be able then to walk in these giftings. All right? Now, now Paul kind of puts a preface before we go to uh, Romans 4. There's Romans 1, 2, 3. And in Romans 1, 2, 3, he kind of like tells us what are the things that we need to do in order that we may walk in this gifting. He kind of gives us a foundation to say, if you want to use this gifting to really change the world, these are three things that you can do, and you will immediately tap into the power of that gifting. And a lot of us, we are, we are, we are, we, we, we are still just, you know, operating in the gifting without power. That is why it needs our effort. Right? That's why it needs our effort. But when we tap into a gift that is backed up by the power of the Holy Spirit, suddenly there's anointing, and anointing breaks chains, not gifting. Gifting without anointing can entertain, but can never transform. If we want our gifting to transform people's lives, it needs to have anointing, and anointing only comes from the Holy Spirit. Gifting is a default setting, Taki. It's something that you have as you are born. You are born with certain gifting, but the activation of anointing only comes when you are subjected to the Holy Spirit. That's why, that's why in the morning, my minister spoke about you need to hunger and cultivate. There is a hunger that you must have. There, must, there is a cultivation that must happen. Right? The Paul. What does Paul say? Paul, Romans, so he gives us three things that, and I love, I mean, Paul is my kind of guy. Just three things, you know, just do these three things and your life will change forever, that kind of vibe, right? And, I, and I'm convinced that these three things will change your life forever. Amen. Someone is sitting there and says, oh gosh, <laughs> pastors, three things are going to change my life. This will, three steps. If you want to change your life in three steps, there we go. Paul, yeah, Robin Sharma is always a change your life in three steps. This will change your life drastically, right? Uh, money back guarantee kind of vibe. <laughs> Romans 12, verses 1, it says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercy? To surrender yourself to God in his sacred loving a. Uh, uh, in a sacred loving sacrifice and live in holiness experiencing all that delight that delights his heart for this became your genuine expression of worship stop imitating ideals and opinions of the culture around you but inwardly transformed by the holy spirit through the total reformation of how you think this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful and satisfying, perfect, and perfect in his eyes. It says, God has given, number three, God has given you the grace to speak a warning about pride. I, I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a self-image of importance instead honestly assess your worth by using your god-given faith as a standard of measurement and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem there's three things that paul gives us here number one paul says surrender your life number two paul says transform your mind number three paul says humble yourself he says if if you are going to walk in this gifting, in a powerful way, surrender your life. If you're going to walk in this gifting, in an anointed way, you need to humble yourself. If you're going, if this gifting of yours is going to change lives, not just your life, but the lives of those around you, and eventually the whole world, you need to transform your mind. Sparkling water. 
You are transforming lives, my brother. You are changing lives. You are walking in the spirit. The Bible speaks about sparkling water. It says, let the rivers of sparkling water flow from your belly. I think on the seventh day in the morning, God created sparkling water. So Paul, Paul speaks about the gifts. He says you have this gift, this gift, this gift, this gift, this gift. And with this gift you can change the world. But he says before you can change the world, there's a preface. There is a, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, he says there's a preface, there is a condition. And there's three things that I want you to do. I just want you to surrender your life. And I want you to, to, to transform your mind. And then I want you to humble yourself. And then you will see God use you like you have never even imagined. You have seen people's preaching to four million people. And you will realize that God is using them. There's nothing special about them. But most of these people you will realize that their lives are surrendered to Christ. You'll realize that those people are quite humble before God. You'll realize that those people's way of thinking, they have transformed their mind. And a question that I'm asking this morning is that, how, how, how surrendered is your life to Christ? To what extent is your life surrendered to Christ? Right? And why is it important? That's where we are at. Why is it important that our lives are surrendered to Christ? Right? Why, why, why do we need to start there? So I want uh, Kondi. Come. Ish, give Kondi the base. Sit down, sit down. Give her a chance to sit down. Mm, 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 mm. My God, put some volume, put some volume for her. Put some volume for her. Amen, amen. Right. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you put volume, before you, yeah, okay, you can put the volume, put the volume. Um, you know, Trevor Noah says, you know, the mother took her to, to, to him to private school, and, uh, and, 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 and the, the, the dad, while they were sitting in the house, the dad was like, hey, when I put up the volume there, and it comes from a Model C school, and then, and then Trevor Noah says, no, you mean increase the volume. He says, I'll beat you with <laughs> that increase the volume. Anyway, we're not there. Kondi, play us something. Okay, okay, okay. Oof. All right. Right, 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 right. Shall we try again? Shall we try again? Are you ready? Are you good? Play something. Yes, yes. Huh. It's tough, eh? Okay, 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 okay. Can I, can I give you one more chance? One more chance? You can do this. You can do this. I, I see the anointing of God upon you. You can do this. Sure. Sure. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I think, I think it's fine. You can. You can. Just hold on. Just hold on. Just let's, let's the volume. Yeah, because now it's... it's right. Now... Imagine the base was a person. The base is, thin, is sitting there. It says, wow. I'm such a horrible instrument. I'm such a horrible instrument. I'm such a bad instrument. I'm a useless instrument. I am, I am a valueless instrument. I mean, can you imagine how the bass feels right now sounding like that? Can you imagine how, how the bass feels sounding like that? The bass is sitting there and says, I'm a, ba- I'm a bad sounding bass. I'm a broken bass. The bass probably believes that it is broken. The bass believes that there's something wrong with me. I am a broken bass. My God, the bass believes that I'm a useless bass. Can you imagine where the bass is sitting right now? 
Imagine, imagine yourself, you are the bass. My God. And then the bass is, 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 it has heard other basses sounding so amazing. And the bass is, oh my God, why am I sounding this horrible? Why am I sounding this useless? The, the basis is, is right now, the low, the, the self-esteem of the base is very low. There's heard other bases, how they sound. And how they produce such beautiful melodies. And all it's sounding like, it's like it, you can't even make up what, what's happening. And the base is like, I'm not gifted. And the bass is like, I'm not gifted. I am not gifted. There's nothing good about me. It must be my mother. It must be my background. It must be the school I come from. It must be because of all the wrong things I've done. It must be... You have a list of things, you're looking at yourself, you're like, I am a useless person. Ephesians 2. Give the base to Ish. Wait. Give the base to its owner. Give the base to the owner of the base. The, ba- the useless base. Give the base to the owner of the base. The same base, give the base to the owner of the base. Give the base to the one who it belongs to. Give the useless base to the one it belongs to. Give the broken base to the one it belongs to. Give the useless base to the one it belongs to. Give it to the one it belongs to. Give it to the one it belongs to. Give it to the one it comes from. Give it to the one it comes from. Give it to the owner of the base. Play for us, Ish. Play for us that useless base. Play for us that useless broken base. Is this the same bass that was sounding like a mess right now? Most of us is not that we are not gifted. The problem is whose arms are we in? Who have we surrendered our life to? Where are we? Where have we found ourselves? Give the bass to the owner. Give the base to the owner. Your problem is not that you are not gifted. Your problem is that you are in the wrong arms. You have surrendered your life to the wrong things. You have surrendered your life to the wrong people. You are in the wrong environment. You have walked through your whole life. You think that you are cursed because of your mother. It's not. You are in the wrong arms. You have you thought it was your educational background. You are in the wrong arms. You thought that it was your education. You are in the wrong arms. Give the base to the owner. Nisha. God wants to restore people this morning. People who have been thinking they are nothing. People who have been thinking they are useless. People who have been thinking they are not gifted. People who think there's something wrong with them. They think something is broken inside of them. There's nothing broken inside of you. You are just in the wrong arms. You are just in the wrong arms. You have given your life to somebody. That's why Paul says, Hey, give, surrender your life to Christ. He says, There's gifts already inside of you. But the minute you surrender your life to Christ, there's something that begins to unlock inside of you. Because only He knows. 
knows what he has put inside of you. He knows how it works. He will not say you are too loud. He will not say you are too shy. He will not say you are too short. He will not say anything. He knows. He knows. You measured yourself. By environment that you were never meant to be in. It won't understand you, Osbongi. It won't understand you. You you'll either be too loud or you'll be too soft. You'll either be too dark or too light. You'll either be too big or too small. And then you put it in, in the master's arms. The base did not change. See, you, you don't need to change, my brother. You don't need to change your personality. You just need to change your position. The minute you surrender your life into the arms of the Savior, the same person, the same personality becomes a changing personality. The same character becomes a life-changing character. They used to say, they used to say, when are, when are you, to me, you're always talking. Today I make money talking. To them, it was annoyance. To God, it was anointing. To them, it was annoying. To God, it was anointing. You're trying to fit into circles, chipping off yourself just so that you can fit into their narrow-mindedness, not understanding there is a Savior who knows how to use you. Listen to what listen to what Ephesians 2 says. Listen to what Ephesians 2 says. My God, continue each. Give us those melodies. It says, We have become, we have become his poetry. Oh my God. He says, We have become his poetry. Hey, Lebo Shaka. He says, A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given to each and every one of us. Why will we fulfill this destiny once more? Because it is there. For we are joined with Christ the Anointed One. He says the only way we are becoming a poetry, you used to be words, but now because you are joined to Christ, you are a poetry. You are not just words, you are a poem in the mouth of the Savior. He says, <laughs> we have become his poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given to us for we are joined with Jesus the anointed one for we have been put back into the arms of the owner for we have been put back in the arms of the savior for we have been put back now we are no longer just words we are a poetry because we are back in the arms of the savior we are back in the arms of our savior where are you Adam and Eve used to walk intimately with God and they moved Boosie and they started realizing that they're naked because they moved and when God comes he doesn't ask what have you done he asks where are you I'm missing you in my arms where you were created to live where you were created to flourish, where you were created to be great, where you were created to be amazing, where you were created to be secure, where you were created to be awesome. 
I'm missing you. Where are you? You are so insecure. What happened? Adam says we are, we are hiding. Because we are naked. In the presence of God, they were not aware of their nakedness. They were aware of their greatness. Because they were in an area that they were supposed to be in. They were in a space they were supposed to be in. Let me tell you, outside of Christ, you will walk around the world trying to find something that he has already put inside of you. You'll try to find it in your marriage, you won't find it. You'll try to find it in your job, you won't find it. <laughs> you think you're married to the wrong person. No, you're not married to the wrong person. You're just in the wrong arms. If you give that marriage over to him, you think you're in the wrong job. Not in the wrong job. You're just in the wrong hands. He says, surrender your job in your life to me and see what I can do through you in the same space. Think you're in the wrong business. And let me tell you, Ratumi, if you're not in his arms, you will jump from one business to another, to another, to another. You will jump from one job to another, to another, to another. You will jump. From one girl to another, to another, to another. None will satisfy because there's a spot in your life. Because there's a spot in your life that only he can feel. Listen to what he says. Listen to what the Bible says. Looks like we're going to have Padre. Because we're still on the first point. Thank you. Ephesians 2.10 says we have become his poetry and recreated people that will fulfill a destiny that he has given to every one of us for we are joined to Jesus the anointed one even before we were born God planted in advance our destiny and the good work that will fulfill it so there was a destiny and the gifting they were in advance they were all already there when you put this life of yours bah, in the arms of Christ, you get reunited with the destiny and the work required to fulfill it. And the people, let's just close our eyes. And there are people here who say, I want to go back to the arms of the Father. Ephesians 2.11 says, So don't forget that you were not born as Jew, were uncircumcised. You had none of these Jewish covenants and laws. You were foreigners to the Israel's incredible heritage. You were without a covenant or a prophetic promise of the Messiah, the promised hope and without God. He says, yet look at you now. Now that you are joined with the Father, look at you now. He says, yet look at you now. Ephesians 2, 13. He says, yet look at you now. Everything is new. Now listen to the bass now. Everything. Listen to the same bass that were in the wrong hands. Now listen to the melodies, to the voices. Look at you now. Everything new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to Him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united with Christ. The base has been united with its owner. Listen to the melody. 
your life can become a sweet fragrance if you just would surrender it to Christ. Your life can become a sweet poetry only if you could surrender it completely to Jesus Christ. The gifting that is inside of you can begin to overflow. They can begin to have an outpouring. They can begin to be life-changing only if you can surrender to God. Joseph was in the pit and he surrendered his life to God. He served God diligently and God fell into the right arms and God took him from the pit to the palace. The woman who was an adulterer, the Samaritan woman who was an adulterer, she was an adulterer by the pool. She was an adulterer by the pool and she surrendered her life into the arms of the Savior and she became an evangelist because she was in the right arm. Peter was a failed fisherman and he surrendered his life into the arms of a saving God, of Jesus Christ. He dedicated his life to Jesus and he became a church planter, a mega church planter, a great evangelist. And there's someone this morning here say, I want to, I want to fall into the right arms. I want to give my, my life to Christ. Every place where I have thrown myself in has always said I'm not enough. Now, it's enough. I want to throw myself into the arms of my Savior. I want to submit my life to Christ. If you are here with everyone's, with everyone's eyes closed, you just raise your hand. I just, want to, I just want to pray with you. Thank you, my sister. I see you there. I see you, my brother, at the back. I see you, my brother, at the back. I see you, my sister, at the back. I see you, my sister. I see you, my brother. If your hand is raised, can you just stand up for me just for a moment? I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. If your hand is raised, if you could just quickly stand up in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing in this place. Thank you for changing lives, mighty God. Thank you for changing this lives. Thank you for changing this life. If you are standing up, we just raise your hands at this moment. I just want to pray with you, man. You, I just want to pray with you. You just made the most incredible decision of your life. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving in such a mighty way in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving in this place. You are changing lives in this space. I just want to pray after me. Just say these words after me. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you as the only God of my life. I surrender my life to you. Be Lord, be Savior, be King in my life. My life belongs to you. No longer my will. But your will be done in my life. I am no longer the boss of my life. You are. Take precedence in my life. Be Lord, be King. Forgive me of my sins. I come to you as your child from today onwards. In Jesus' name. Let's give a God a hand of praise. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise and a shout of victory. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
if if you were if you were standing now and we just prayed for you just prayed with you I'll tell you look at my life as a testimony of what we just prayed my life was a complete mess and I surrendered to the arms of a loving Savior and my life changed and I just want to encourage you I just want to encourage you after the service don't leave because we just want to make sure that we disciple you this is not the last step it is the first step of the best of your life and we want to make sure that we walk a journey with you so after the service mr villagasi will be standing here in the front if you can just stand mr villagasi mr villagasi will be standing here in the front i just want to encourage you it's not going to take much of your time it's just going to take your contact details and then he will have a conversation with you going forward you have just taken the best step of your life amen amen Amen. let's give god a hand of praise i'm gonna take another 15 minutes if you don't mind you mind if i take another 15 minutes of your time is that okay is that okay it's not yeah if it's not you can leave those that it's okay with they will stay right i just wanna i just wanna finish this sermon right from here on it's just south yeah so so the first the first point is give your life to Christ and then Paul says the second thing is that surrender renew your thinking says when you have surrendered your life to Christ now you renew the way you think because we have Christians who are corrupt in their thinking so they are not useless because they have not surrendered to Christ they are useless because their mind has not been transformed you you, you get where I'm at have you ever met Christians where you're like this Christian is annoying (laughs) this child of God is annoying this child of God needs to grow up they are men you know yeah you're like this child of God they need this there's something you're like this child of God does not think Have you ever met those child of children of God? To a point where you even begin to doubt if, if they are a child of God. You're like, are you even a child of God? You can't be thinking like this. You're like, you listen to them having a conversation. And you're like, are you born again? And they're like, yeah, I'm born again. You're like, you're a child of God. You're annoying me. You can't say it like that. Because there must be a renewal of mind. That's why I said submitting is the first step. It's the greatest, but it's the first. There needs to be a renewal of mind. And listen to what Romans says. Romans says, why do we need to renew our our minds? That's what he's saying. He says, stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you number one if you want to see that you are not renewed in your mind is you imitate the culture around you you are dictated to by the culture around you what how you must live your life and then you come to us in the church and you say this church is not relevant because now we are not dictated to by twitter how we must do church because we don't look like the church on twitter now we are not relevant they would rather not be relevant it's fine if relevance means compromise hey cancel us yeah no you can cancel us it's okay cancel give us zero we're not coming right if it means this church will be empty tomorrow go guys even means I must compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ so that you don't cancel me. Let me tell you, you did not make me, you can't cancel me. That canceling is an illusion in your head. 
It's an illusion in your head to think you can cancel me. Wow. Wow. Hey, as you see people, oh, we'll cancel you, we'll cancel you. Where? How? With what? What are you smoking? You cancel. You, you know, there's so many Christians who are afraid to preach the gospel because they're afraid they'll be canceled. If they can cancel the blood of Jesus, I will tremble. But until then, if they can cancel the work that Christ is doing in my life, I will shake. But until then, hey, cancel. Yo, cancel. Yo, cancel. Cancel. Yeah? The courses are, are trying to, to understand what I'm saying. Sorini, Sorini, Sorini. <laughs> you will cancel me. Yeah, the courses will cancel me. He says. Stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you. Be inward transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of your thinking. Why? This will empower you to discern the will of God as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His arms. A transformed mind can tell the will of God. A transformed mind can look at it and say, Is this does not look like the will of God. If you are a Christian with a transformed mind, you are able to look at someone and say, this is not the will of God. You keep getting into relationships with the wrong people because the mind has not been transformed. They come with the kick and boboza preaching there with their suit and you think this is the one because they are wearing a suit. Come to us, you can see <laughs> the enemy is very crafty at creating a duplicate you I almost said something that was going to make me get cancelled I thank God I didn't say that I almost said the devil is made in China he is, he is so good at duplicate <laughs> No, you know, you know, they, 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 guys, no, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me give context. Let me give context because before I'm canceled for real, you know, there's, you find that you find a counterfeit. They, they take something that is original and then they create a counterfeit. Yeah, sure. I shouldn't have said that. Cancel, cut that part. Yeah, cancel that because it can just go wrong. Uh, it's not life giving. Yeah, what I just said is not life-giving at all. But the point I'm making is, the, del- the enemy is very good at, 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 at creating a counterfeit as if it's an original. So when he comes to you, he doesn't come to you with total, like, a broken thing. I mean, when you're looking at Kondi, it looks like she can play bass. You look even the hairstyle and the, the mohawk. She looks like if she can touch that bass, things will cry there, you know. But it's a counterfeit. It's just a show. It's for show. There are some things, there are, you know, there, there are those, you know, they, they, you know, sometimes fake. How do, can you tell a fake? It's brighter than the original. Because they need to compensate for the fact that it's fake. So now they need to make it a bit brighter so that it can fool you. Some of these things, when people say, you know, I'm a good man and they are claiming I'm a good man, humble. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. This one that is selling themselves like this. Because why do you need to sell it so much if it's real? This, this, this mic is a counterfeit. Yeah. It's the ability to discern the will of God. 
if you want to know your mind is transformed you have the ability to discern the will of God and the Bible says test and approve the will of God then you know that your mind is is transformed listen to what Jesus comes from the from the desert and he's hungry the Bible says he's hungry right that's what the Bible says in Matthew 4 he's been fasting for 40 for 40 what for 40 nights and 40 days he comes back he is hungry guys he is hungry the Bible doesn't say no he was filled with the Holy Spirit the hunger was away no the Bible says he was hungry and the, the, the enemy says to him, and he tempts him, and he comes to him and says, if you're the son of God, tell the stone to be bread. And Jesus says, he has a need. He feels hungry. But Jesus says, it is written. In that moment, was Bridget, what is written is more important than what he's feeling. The enemy is always going to appeal to what you are feeling. He's always going to appeal to your loneliness. He's going to come and say, hey man, you're feeling lonely. Make the call. And in that moment you say to him, it is written. We need to be a kind of Christian who can be able to say, it is written. Not I feel like because he's gonna lie to you and say some are given gifts and some are not given gifts and you say it is written in first Corinthians 12 that everyone has been given gift including myself that the enemy lied to you because you do not know what is written Jesus did not defeat the devil because he knew the scripture he defeated the devil because he obeyed the scripture he was not just saying it he obeyed it he says it is written the question is is it written Ducky? not how you feel about it not how strong you feel about it not, not what my culture says. Not what my background says. Not what is popular. Not what is relevant. Not what is, what is cool. Not, ah, is it written? Where is it written? Show me where it's written. The will of God. Because people are saying, how, how do you know the will of God? It's here. It is, it's written. Jesus was hungry but what was written what is written was more important than what he was feeling Paul says if you can master yourself and prioritize the word of God above yourself the gifting of God in your life will flow like a river many people whose lives have been destroyed very gifted people Taki, very gifted people we know them very gifted people because they responded more to their hunger than what is written. Paul is saying if you can manage, if you can manage to discern the will of God and put that above your own stomach, you can walk in the anointing that will change the world. But as long as what says to you, what your stomach says is still your first priority, you are not going to make it. You are a worship leader, you are jumping from one church to another and you are wondering why has not God used you to change the world? It says because you're still responding to your stomach. The people that have destroyed their lives, and stomach, we're not just talking about stomach as in food, we're talking about anything, your feelings. Presidents have lost their presidencies because they responded to how their feeling he was on a trip and he felt lonely and the lady was there and he slept with her and lost his presidency what God had called him for the gifting that God had put inside of him the authority that God had put him he lost it because 
he responded to how he was feeling and not what was written. Paul says, if you can, listen, if you can exercise, Brajev, authority over yourself, you can access the authority within yourself. If you can exercise authority over yourself, if you are able to say no to yourself, you get, you tap into the authority that is inside of you. You have your power, the ability to say to yourself, no, not now, not now, not here, not there. If you can do that, if you have the ability to say to yourself, no. God will do marvelous things through your life. God will do great things into your life because the enemy is going to tempt you with girls, with money, with positions and all these things. If you can be, if you can say no. Most of us, it is not the devil. It's the inability to say, see ya, no. The inability to say, Colin, no. It's not yours. It's not yours. No. Don't take it. Don't do it. Paul says if you can, if you can master the ability to say no, this is not the will of God. This is not, it looks beautiful, it looks shiny, it is satisfying to my soul, it is nice, it is enjoyable, but it is not the will of God, no. You will live a satisfying life, you will live a powerful life, you will live an indestructible life. When, when, when we are in business, they come and they say, put a yellow envelope, a brown envelope under the desk and you need the money your wife is pregnant You're, you have two kids the other one is coming and they say to you man this contract is yours just put an envelope and you say it is written that he is my provider that he is my provider if it's not above board I'm not taking it I'm not taking it. It is written. Paul says, if you can have the ability to do that, you will see your gift flowing like it has never before. You're not going to get tripped by life. And lastly, he says, humble yourself. Just be humble. When you come to church, be humble. When you walk around life, be humble. No, it's fine. Throw away the, the expensive clothes. Be humble. The suits and the... Be humble. Let your posture in life be humility. Be humble. Let your position in life be here. Put, put, let your attitude, put an apron in, in your life. Just put on an apron. Let this be your position in life. Put on an apron. Don't walk around looking like a big shot. Put on an apron and serve people of God. Serve your community, serve your family, serve your friends, serve people around you. Be a servant. Take off the expensive clothes. Take off your self-importance. Put on an apron. Give me the other mic. Put 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 on the mic. <laughs> you are find an opportunity to serve people when people see when people know you they must always know that this one is a servant be humble 
most of us we don't serve because of two things brachef we don't serve because we are ignorant or because we are arrogant in most cases it's because we are arrogant clothes we are wearing does not allow us the status we are wearing does not allow us the position we are in does not allow us the names we call ourselves does not allow us our titles does not allow us to wear an apron i am a seal do you know who i am i'm CEO so and so wear an apron put on an apron Where you find yourself, get to work. Go home and say, How do I serve this family? How do I serve these friends? How do I serve my boss? How do I serve this community? How do I serve this church? How do I become a better servant? And see God take you. The Bible says, Let me, let me read it. Let me read it. I love the message translation. I love the message translation. First Peter 5, 4, 4 and 5. The Bible says, When God, who is the best shepherd of all, comes out in the open with his rules, he will see that you have done it right and commend you lavishly and you and, and you who are young must follow your leaders. But all of you, leaders and followers alike, are to be down to earth to one another. Listen to what the message translation is saying. It says, you who are leaders and who are followers, you are to be down to earth to one another. Here I'm bishop so and so. I'm apostle so and so. I'm major so and so. I'm CEO oh so and so my title is one two three hey the bible says you the both the young and the old the, the leaders and the followers alike submit yourself to one another listen to what i love the message translation it says but all of you leaders and followers alike be down to earth for one another for god has had it with proud people that's the message translation. It says, For God has had it with proud people, but he takes delight in the plain, simple people. Hey guys, God has had it with proud people. He has had it with people walking with their noses on their forehead. And, and guys, let me tell you, we fall into the trap of pride every now and then. Last week Sunday, I visited a church in town. Last week Sunday evening, I visited a church in town. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm the leader of Musa Church, right? I visit this church. I get in. I There's no seat. Like, like everything's full. There's a table at the corner. That table, you can see there were seven people. So there's food, there's plates, there's glasses, there's everything. It, 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 it's, it's, you know... It's the only place where I can sit. And I go and sit on top of this. And there's a fan on top of me. It looks like, yo, this fan is going to fall. But at least everyone is standing. I'm standing there and if people are praying. And then the pastor says, everyone sit down. And I'm like, I'm going to be the only one standing. And then I had to sit on this, on this table. And I'm like, yo, this is so uncomfortable. And I'm worried that if this table is not stable, it's going to fall. And and all these things. You know, it's going to be embarrassing. But I, I sit there and this lady comes. She's looking for something. She comes and she pushes my legs like she doesn't even say excuse me or anything. She just she just pushes me to get what she wants. And something in my heart said, Does this lady know who I am? And God was dealing. 